Thanks for downloading this IMSA radio podcast. podcast from the International Motorsports Association and Radio Show Limited. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced, or used in any form without permission. Live from Trackside, this is IMSA Radio. everybody and welcome along to another weekend of IMSA racing. We're at America's National Park of Speed. That's Road America for the uninitiated. Up in Wisconsin, closest uh, major conurbation, or conurbation at least, is Elkhart Lake in Wisconsin. And for the last few years, it has been just challenging any type of racing car driver, any type of machine, any type of engineer. Just over four miles around and one of the fastest circuits that IMSA visits in any schedule. And it's great to be back here in what has been, of course, a fairly strange year. Coming up, uh, we have full coverage of the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship across the weekend with every session Live, starting with Free Practice 1, which is next, live here on RS2, IMSA Radio. The WeatherTech Sports Car Championship on IMSA Radio. Well... Uh, we are ready to do it again in another packed weekend that includes not only the WeatherTech Sports Car Championship, but also three of the Challenge Series, a couple of Porsche races. We've got the IMSA Prototype uh, Challenge as well as the Michelin Pilot Challenge all coming to you this weekend in a, a variety of sound and sound and vision. And uh, that's... Uh, is all here on RS2 IMSA Radio. If you're in the US, we'll have the WeatherTech race on Sunday for you. Also on uh, on uh, XM Sirius, uh, X, uh, Sirius 219 XM202 from memory. Uh, and if you are in the US, worry not, because the big race at the weekend uh, on Sunday is on Big NBC. All fantastic. All fantastic. Uh, joining me in the Haggerty Global Broadcast booth, uh, Global Broadcast Centre, is Jeremy Shaw. Hello again, Jeremy. Ready to do this? Always. Always. Yeah, a fabulous place uh, for a racetrack. Um, and uh, weather's pretty good today, so excited. Ready to rock and roll. Uh, and Shea Adam will be our VP Racing Fuel Pit and Paddock reporter. What's intel are you getting from the paddock so far share welcome to the broadcast by the way thank you uh, it's beautiful weather today but there is a little bit of for what will sunday afternoon as always what would imsa be without a little bit of rain in the forecast especially at road america the first week of august this is the first week that we've gone to a track that we expected to go to on this set weekend so teams that had tested with these exact conditions in mind are very, very pleased because 
Well, it's exactly what they predicted. So a couple of teams are actually staying on to do a bit more testing on Monday with their cars, including Corvette and Porsche, both of the GT Le Mans teams. But everybody feeling like they've got a really good shot this week. We had a couple of BOP changes that I'm sure we'll get into once the session goes and once things start to settle down. But by and large, everybody feeling pretty confident coming into this weekend, which means that, in theory, any one of our 31 cars went. 31 cars, Jeremy. Uh, we thought that the mid to late 20s in the last round at Sebring was pretty good. I think this is extraordinary. Uh, racing coming back to life in IMSA, not without still some issues. Let's be absolutely honest about that. And the future, I would say, is uncertain. Uh, the... Uh, uh, the IndyCar series have had to cancel and postpone and shuffle around a few races as well. And I'm, I know there's concern about some of the uh, IMSA dates going forward. But let's put that to one side for the moment and enjoy the 31 car field we've got here. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, we can't uh, control what we can't control. So what we can control is uh, is our ability to have some fun this weekend. And there's a good shot of uh, Elio Castroneves getting ready to have some fun in one of the two Acuras, of course, didn't have much fun uh, last no. couple of weeks, having been told that that program's not going to be continuing for next for next year, which is a, a tremendous shame. Uh, uh, and in fact, then the, on the session. Uh, uh, sorry, uh, um, Jeremy. And in fact, the driver's being told to look for other work as well. Yeah. Uh, although there was the mention of, of potential privateers running that. We've discussed that here before. A little bit recalcitrant for the Acura number 86, unless that's got a penalty. And I don't see that as the case from race control at the moment. No, that uh, is a little bit of a problem for the Acura. And of course, as its crew get to it, it starts to move and then it stops and then it starts again. This is the uh, bright pink and black car and it's now being pushed back down the pit lane towards its pit stall. Uh, by uh, its team members. And the race has broken out on the back straight already heading down toward turn turn five. And I uh, noticed that uh, the Porsches were out early. We've got some news here about Earl Bamba uh, in uh, doing some extra driving uh, later on in the season. Yeah, it was just announced about an hour ago that Mr. Bamber is going to be teaming up with Richard Childress Racing to make his Xfinity Series debut. So Earl will be trading in his Porsche Crest for a bow tie, at least for the Charlotte or the Daytona Oval weekend. So a guy who's got a lot of experience around Daytona in the infield. It's going to be an interesting weekend for Earl where he's not in a car with any distinct advantage over anyone else, but his advantage is he knows the track when pretty much everybody he's racing against has not driven on it. Uh, yes, that, that is a very good point. point. Uh, that is a very good point uh, indeed. Uh, Richard Childress, I think, yes, as well, uh, uh, involved in that uh, deal. So blue-ish skies with a few little bits and pieces of cloud. 23 degrees in the air, 27 on the track. If you'd prefer that in the Fahrenheit scale, uh, that would be uh, 20, uh, 81 Fahrenheit on track or 73 uh, in the air. I have now got two different screens up that tells me that sort of thing. Um, 
not too much of a break, Jeremy, uh, from the last race weekend. But that said, everybody will be wanting to get plenty of miles. This is the only session day. It's effectively the last running of what has been a busy day at Road America. Uh, important, I would have thought, just to get back out there and get some data. Yeah, very much so. I mean, quite a few, several of the teams have been here testing. Um, in, so they've got some data to work from here, but uh, some of them haven't as well. So, uh, it's you know, track time is always pretty much at a premium, isn't it? Isn't it on into where the tech sports got a championship weekend? So, you need to get as much time out there as you possibly can. And uh, conditions right now are just about perfect. I mean, 70 odd degrees, as you say. I mean, crystal clear uh, uh, pictures we're getting right now. It looks absolutely glorious. and and you know, this is a track that everybody enjoys. Teams enjoy coming here. Drivers love the racetrack. It's a real challenge out there. Uh, and if you look at any pictures of around around this four-mile racetrack, you'll see there's not much runoff area. So it does, certainly commands respect because there's not really much room for error at all. It's very, very fast. Four miles around, but one of the fastest circuits that IMSA visits all always a fan favourite and there are some fans at the circuit as well hello to you if you're listening trackside at the moment I know that Paul Markart and some friends part of the Radio Show Limited listeners collective have made their way up and there's a few people uh, a few people camping trackside as well Uh, what sort of times are we looking at Jeremy what should we be expecting to see as the weekend progresses not necessarily in this session yeah, the uh, the outright qualifying lap record was set last year by Dane Cameron in the Acura at a 148.7. That's an average speed of 134 miles an hour, which is uh, not hanging about, is it? Uh, the uh, race lap record, 151.1, so quite a bit slower. That was by Oliver Jarvis also last year. So uh, that's the ultimate pace we're going to be looking at. And, yeah, I mean, if conditions stay like this for the weekend, there's no reason at all why we shouldn't expect to see some pretty quick lap times out there. Yes, yeah, because it is, uh, as you rightly say, about uh, perfect. Looking down through the entry list, most of the usual suspects are there with a few additions, as we'd mentioned, to get up to that 31. Uh, Not everybody share uh, there, and the LMP2s in particular, after starting the season very strongly with a couple of races with five entries uh, it looks like we're not going to be able to sustain that through the season which is a bit unfortunate yeah we had the news earlier this week uh, that Starworks would not be participating in the remainder of the season they just can't uh, for a variety of reasons and Ryan Dial I know probably listening in at home uh, he said he would watch the race from the beach this weekend since he can't go to his favorite track but we're also losing the Dragon Speed crew the 81 are here this weekend as a matter of fact with early laps coming in Hendrik Hedman is the fastest of the LMP2 car so far but Dragon Speed withdrawing from IMSA to focus on their Le Mans effort they were granted a second entry for that race after all of the other teams pulled out so it is kind of an exciting thing for Jane and his organization, but their focus will be shifting overseas instead of uh, here in America. That's Shea Adam, our VP Racing Fuels Pit and Paddock reporter, and listen out uh, on Saturday and Sunday for a couple of special programmes from VP that will slot in between our live coverage. If you 
aren't quite used to what we're doing in the current situation. All of the WeatherTech sessions live on IMSA Radio RS2 via the various links and on radio-show.co.uk. Uh, we also have sound and vision for qualifying for uh, IMSA uh, IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship, and that is uh, not dependent on where you live. That is uh, block and brake free. If you want to see some pictures of the race itself on Sunday for IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship, NBC in the States, uh, that is uh, that is where you need to be. Anywhere else, there is a player on radio-show.co.uk, or uh, of course you can uh, you can. Uh, go to imsa.tv. In addition, we will have all of the Challenge Series races covered live in audio and video across uh, the weekend in various forms. Now, that will depend on where you are in the world, but for the most part, if you haven't got a network TV deal, uh, then you should be able to see it. No Brian Till with us this weekend. He's on duty uh, with his... Uh, race director's hat on and he really does have a hat with race director written on it so it'll be Jeremy and Shea who will take you through the action for IMSA Prototype Challenge uh, 152.223 for Philippe Naza for Wheel and Engineering is top of the charts at the moment couple of things to just housekeeping Jeremy to uh, pick up on since Sebring although we did mention this before we went off the air at Sebring, but it seemed to catch a few people out, judging by social media the day after, was that uh, we we mentioned the drive time infraction at Sebring, and, and in fact it did affect the uh, the podium there, and the, the lead car lost, lost its position. Yes, it did. The Dragon Speed car had been a, a tremendous drive by Gustavo Menezes, but unfortunately Henrik Hedman got out of that car exited the seat and handed it over to Gustavo a little bit uh, too quickly. Or oh, they brought him in a bit, a little bit too too soon. If he'd, if he'd, if he'd uh, lost another second and a half on his in-lap, he'd have probably been OK, but he didn't. So he wasn't. He didn't meet the minimum drive time. And therefore, the penalty, the automatic penalty for that is you're put to the back of the field in the, ca- in the class. So uh, that was a very disappointing end to what had been a very strong day for the Dragon Speed team and yeah we did talk about it didn't we but it handed the win to PR1 Matheson Motorsports and uh, spoke to Bobby Orgel the team principal there over the last couple of weeks and Spencer Piggott stepped into that car at the last minute after Simon Trump had decided not to make the move, the, uh, the flight to Florida and he was very impressed by Spencer Piggott he said he'd have him back any time uh, if, uh, if he has an availability for him so uh, he and Patrick Kelly who was an absolute star there in the uh, as the uh, the bronze driver in the early stages of the race uh, ended up with a victory and uh, it'll be Patrick Kelly again driving that car this weekend with Simon Trummer back uh, in the seat alongside it in the 52 car this is the, the place where Patrick Kelly made his IMSA World Tech Sports Car Championship debut last year driving then with Matt McMurray and ended up winning the class so he's looking to maintain his 100% record on the circuit at the moment if you are trackside you might want to step back just a, a little bit uh, relax a little bit we've got Pat Long versus Bill Oberlin versus Andy Lally in pretty close uh, 
competition at the moment in free practice one. They've just gone through Harry Danson towards the carousel underneath the Speedville Bridge. Quite a lot of people camping down there at the moment. And I'm sure listening in on the very impressive PA system uh, at Rhodes America. Oh, Patrick Long just, well, making it very clear indeed to the number 77 Mazda that was running behind him that he didn't want to be passed before the, before the kink and moved over to let Now, who is it behind the wheel of that Mazda? That was uh, Tristan Nunez behind the wheel of that car that uh, he didn't want to give way before he got to the kink, which even in a GT3 car is... V- uh, v- uh, GT3 car, yes, is very, very quick uh, indeed. And welcome to all of you who've made the effort to come to America's National Park of Speed to see IMSA this weekend. We thank you. We know it's not a full crowd, not allowed to have that just yet, but clearly quite a lot of you have made the effort. Please do try uh, and remember to keep your social distance and all of the procedures and precautions that need to be taken nowadays. But thank you for coming along to support IMSA and Road America. So still 48 minutes remaining. Here's how they stand. It's Wheel and Cadillac off the back of their victory at Sebring. Philippe uh, Nazar. Uh, just come into the pitch. Jonathan Bomarita for Mazda number 55. That's the dark soul red crystal Mazda in second. By about a third of a second. Half a second further back, Tristan Fortier. The bright yellow number 85 Cadillac. So Cadillac, Mazda, Cadillac. Uh, and then the number 5, Joao Barbosa. No, just changed. Then the number 10, Glossy Black. It's still a Cadillac. The iconic Minolta branded machine for Renga van der Zander. He's another half a second or thereabouts further back. And then at Joao Barbosa in the number five. That's the dark grey Mustang sampling Cadillac uh, at about two and a half seconds from the leader. No sign yet of representative times from either of the Penske Acuras. Joao Barbosa just going round the carousel at the moment. In the classes, GT Le Mans, Porsche, Porsche, Vanto and... Fred Makovecki ahead of Jesse Krohn uh, and Tommy Milner. So that's BMW, then the two Corvettes at the moment. And they're separated. Well, actually, they're still coming up this speed. So let's not worry about that too much at the moment. And in GTD, it is Bill Oberlin for Turner Motorsport. That's another BMW. But that, of course, is the M6 GT3 on a 2068. And he's got uh, just a little bit, about, about a second, on the comp- Compass McLaren of Paul Holton, the 76 car in second. Pat Long just going back out again in the right motorsports Porsche in third ahead of Lawson Aschenbach for Mercedes. Then Lexus making it five different manufacturers. It's the number 12 bright yellow and black car of Townsend Bell and Ian Vassar Sullivan team. And six out of six, yes, six out of six till Bechtelsheimer is sixth. Uh, at the moment in the Acura for gradient racing. Just the sort of variety, Jeremy Shaw, that we like to see in GT3. Indeed so. And and compared to last time out at Sebring, we have yet another manufacturer back in in the fray this weekend. Sebring was not a round of the regular season IMSA World Tech Sports Club Championship for GTD. It was only 
a WeatherTech Sprint Cup race. So we've got uh, the two the two uh, Meyer Shank racing, uh, racing Acuras, which are not contesting the sprint series back in action this weekend for the full championship but also back in action here and very excited to see number 23 heart of racing aston martin that's uh brings our manufacturer tally up to 10 in gtd it's quite remarkable isn't it and that's going to be a great battle i think all the way through that's a great story as well for heart of racing for those that don't know uh, they have uh, linked their racing efforts for what, the last seven years or so, to the Seattle Children's Hospital Cardiac Care Unit and raised literally millions of dollars and continue to do so. Uh, And nice to see uh, that uh, Kenton Cook uh, has... Not Kenton Cook, excuse me. Nice to see that Roman De Angelis uh, has been included in... uh, in that squad, Shea Adam, and that uh, Roman De Angelis and Kenton Cook are included in the latest Aston Martin uh, young drivers uh, list that I saw came out earlier on today. Yeah, as well as Nate Stacey, one of our Michelin Pilot Challenge staples. So it's pretty cool to see so much young American talent, and Canadian talent, I should say, on behalf of Roman, uh, wedged into that program. Roman was very impressive in the heart of racing Aston Martin, only got that one stint at Daytona, but even so, he was somebody that we were talking about. And he's been very impressive in Porsches for many years, so it'll be fun to see what Aston Martin can do, grooming him in to be one of their drivers, and potentially one of their factory drivers. Yeah, we saw from um, Adrian Rabinda, didn't we, uh, when he came in, and he's on the list again this year, I see, but he he rather burst onto the scene last year, Jeremy, so uh, they clearly know how to pick some fast drivers uh, over at Aston Martin. Uh, yes, indeed, and uh, you know it's good to see some of the manufacturers, you know, trying to help out young drivers. Um, um, I mean, they're just picking from drivers who actually drive Aston Martins. So you've got to get yourself into an Aston Martin to get the opportunity. But hey, look, any opportunity is a good one because uh, this is not an easy sport to make your way. And no, you know, it's great to see certainly somebody like your know, Roman DeAndres. I mean, tremendous talent. Kenton Cook certainly tremendous talent. Nate Stacy, uh, you know, he's been driving since he was 12 years old. Like he started out in in uh, in, in racing. So uh, you know, it, it's great to see these youngsters getting some some kind of recognition from the manufacturers. And it, it certainly helps. Uh, it certainly helps uh, when you're talking to potential partners, uh, and also helps for some of the IMSA talent that we've talked about that have been being talked about further afield as well. And whilst we and the rest of our broadcast colleagues and uh, journalistic colleagues do the best to bang the drum for IMSA, it's understandable that sometimes uh, it, if it doesn't uh, always hit the headlines further afield outside the US, although I suspect that there'll be quite a lot of people here uh, on this broadcast this evening in Europe, as it is, at just coming up to 11 o'clock in the evening in the UK, an hour later than that in Central Europe. Uh, Dan Cameron to the top, obviously stung, Jeremy, by the fact that I'd said no representative times from the Acura team Penske cars. <laughs> yes, he's not going to sit take that uh, lying down, is he? He's going to sit up and take notice. And as you say there, just uh, by just a, 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 a hundredth of a second quicker than Ringo van der Zender. But any, hey, any, any time better is, is better than not. So Dane Cameron then a 150.929 in the number six Acura. 150.939 
for Ringo van der Zander in the number 10 Cadillac and the Cadillac of Philippe Nasser, race winner last time out of course at Sebring along with Pippa Durrani at a 150.972. So there's top three cars within uh, half a tenth of a second. Can't get much closer than that, but all of them on the pit lane at the moment. That's Jeremy Shaw. He's in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre with me, John Hindorf, our VP Racing Fuels pit and paddock reporter is Shea Adam and uh, Cadillac looking good uh, but don't have the best of records here Shea surprisingly uh, enough uh, after what was a pretty dominating run by the wheel and engineering car with people and Felipe last time out they've pretty much won at every track has the Cadillac DPI since its initiation in 2017 to the series but not Road America and the same can actually be said for Acura Team Penske. They have gotten pole position at Road America, but still are looking for that first win. Now, for note, I just looked at the bottom of the timing screen and noticed our championship leaders in GTD in both sprints and the normal championship, Jack Hawksworth leading his teammate uh, Aaron Tielitz. Bottom of the screen, no laps registered. Thought, hmm, something's going on there. So I texted Aaron to make sure that everything was okay. And rest assured, Lexus fans, the 14 is out on track. That's the one with the black banner on the windshield as opposed to the white banner on the 12. 14's out there. It's transponder, though. just doesn't want to play games. So ah. they're out there. They're turning the lap. They're just not getting the lap times. Just going through turn one and hitting the inside curb at turn one for Aaron Tielitz. And he runs very wide uh, indeed. And that would be, a, if that was qualifying, that would be a lap that uh, would have been deleted just caught the inside curb as he came in and that unsettled the back end of the car unsettled the whole car and he's way off the runoff but there's plenty of runoff there in the old days jeremy he'd been up to his axles in kitty litter if he'd gone that far around yeah or into the bushes a long long time yes. ago uh, not uh, not pretty uh, you know we've had we've had a lot of transponder issues of this this season it strikes me uh, as there's a, a replay here of number 14 car, just clipping that inside curb and running way, way right on the exit. We've had a lot of transformer problems. There was, there was one earlier in the, I, with the, the IPC, the Prototype Challenge. One of the, their, their cars, number three car, had a problem in the first session. The, there's a Porsche, at least one of the Porsches also having transponder problems. That seems to be, I don't, don't remember these transponder problems in the past, and they seem to be cropping up now on a fairly regular basis. Strange. Uh, yes, um, everything getting smaller and cleverer and self-powered and all that sort of thing. I don't know if that has uh, anything to play. Thing, electronics don't like heat as well. Uh, I'm sure there's a, a very good uh, explanation. And around four miles as well, I suppose. Uh, they... Well, I just... Well, what, one of the one of the teams apparently fessed up. They 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 forgot they hadn't paid the uh, the latest uh, instalment on the on the on the rent no. of those transponders. So that would explain Oops. that one. <laughs> <laughs> so when we joke sometimes it's about saying they didn't put the uh, the dollar bill in the meter, they really in the meter, yeah. <laughs> oh dear, oh dear. Uh, they wouldn't be the first people uh, to have done uh, that. And uh, oh. Running on very long indeed down at turn five, which is the bottom of the, effectively the middle strip behind the pits is the uh, Corvette of Antonio Garcia sitting in fourth position, the number three at the moment. That's the yellow with the dark grey C8R, the mid-engine car. And 
sort of going on to the cutout there and running the wrong way around one of the short versions uh, of the track, the the cutout that runs behind the uh, the pit lane or the pit lane access, so coming down the hill to turn five, but very little retardation at all from Tonio Garcia. What a few weeks it's been for Corvette and Corvette Racing. Um, a long time since their last win, and they'd been sitting on 99 IMSA victories, IMSA championship victories for uh, over a season, in fact. And then they won, of course, famously at uh, Daytona on the 4th of July, Saturday the 4th of July, which was really a story made in PR heaven, wasn't it? And Doug Feehan came on Midweek Motorsport the following week and he said, John, I promise you it won't be anywhere near as long to get from uh, 99 to 100 as it will be, or to get to from 100 to 101 as it was for 99 to 100. And my goodness, he was right, because they came out the next race and the other car won with uh, Ollie Gavin very happy indeed to uh, underline his position as Yardley Hastings' fastest sports car driver. And uh, he was in very good form when we spoke to him after the race uh, in the VP Racing Fuels uh, pit report. So, just go ahead, Jerry. Yeah, Corvette's first back-to-back win since uh, 2017. Yeah. When the uh, number three car won the first three races of that season. So, yes, that was a a welcome return to form. And, boy, these Corvettes, I mean, they look fantastic, don't they? And they've been super fast since the restart, as you say, sweeping both of the races. Maybe this is a good opportunity to just talk about a few of the balance of performance changes that have come in uh, since the last round. Um, No real changes to the Corvettes. Well, all, all of the cars in GTD and GTLM have had basically five litres of fuel added to their fuel tank capacity sizes since Sebring. Uh, And then there have been a few slight adjustments according to what was necessary in terms of the data that was uh, forthcoming from the cars after Sebring, i.e. some of the teams needed a bit more, some people needed a bit less, and the same goes for horsepower as well, some tweaks there. But in terms of the fuel capacity sizes, the extra five litres should ensure that cars in both categories, GTD and GTLM, can now get all the way through a two-hour and 40-minute race with just two pit stops. There shouldn't be any major your fuel save uh, involved there. So that's, that's, that's the main reasoning why the, the fuel tank size has been increased in both of the classes. Also, in, in, in terms of the balance of performance, the regular balance, performance like in terms of you know, quality of, of speed out on the racetrack the BMWs they were certainly uh, appeared to be lacking somewhat at Sebring certainly compared to Daytona at the beginning of the season let's say uh, they have been uh, allowed to run a little bit lighter than at Sebring by about by 10 kilos also they've been got a bit of a power hike so a bit more turbo boost that's given about another uh, 10.7 kilowatts which is about 14 horsepower so that hopefully should bring them up on yeah a kilowatt horsepower doesn't mean a hell of a lot but it means more to me than kilowatts per hour so um they'd be giving it a, a, bit, a bit of a boost so to speak to get it bring it back on, on to par with the Porsches and the Corvettes coming into this weekend 
Just got a VP Racing Fuels update from our spies in the crowd. We have them everywhere. And sitting across from the pit lane, Aaron managed to snap a brief video of a 12 smoky number 25 BMW from Team RLL. Connor Felipe was out in the car. He brought it in the pit lane. A lot of smoke billowing out the door, white smoke. And he got out of the car, walked over to the pit wall, waited for things to cool down a little bit, walked back over to the car, is currently on an outlap, so it's about five and a half minutes lost to the 25 BMW team. They're slightly concerned that their driver might just be hot stuff. <laughs> Very good. Uh, we are now down to 33 minutes remaining at IMSA Radio if you want to get in touch with us. Another car running long just a moment or two ago, the number 911, Fred Makovecki driven Porsche GT Team Porsche. That is the leading GT Le Mans car at the moment didn't seem to hit the inside curb as we saw uh, earlier with the Invasa Sullivan Lexus. The Porsche's actually uh, circulating pretty close together and they are 9.11 from 9.12 on the track and that's exactly how they are on the timing screen as well with Lawrence Vantour in the 9.12 as is the usual operating uh, mantra for the drivers there. It's Lawrence who tends to do the setup for the qualifying uh, and then when Earl Bamber is in the car you can expect to see him doing more long runs and making sure that the car is going to be okay in the middle part and the end of the race Lawrence will do the first stint or maybe a little bit more depending on if there are any yellows coming out and then Bambi jumps in and does what is normally the last two stints. So, Adam Zeratio, if you'd like to get in touch with us, uh, Sarah Rigby has done that. She's at the home of Bentley in Crew, not literally in the factory. It's not like you know she's just camped in a corner. Although I'm fairly certain that if that was offered, uh, her and Martin would certainly be quite happy to go and spend a bit of time up there, as anybody would. It's a marvellous thing to see. 25 got back out. That's the red. Uh, BMW from RLL, as Cher was mentioning, but that car has ground to a halt on the exit of Turn 5. Now, that's not too far away from somewhere where it can be dragged back behind the wall and back to the pits. And was it uh, Di Filippi who took that car back out? Yes, it was. That's I've got a quick look inside the car, and that's his helmet. He's got some forward motion for a moment. But now the car is stopped again. It's in the runoff area at the bottom of the hill coming down into turn five. And that isn't a very nice place to be for Connor. And indeed for that uh, beautiful red, grey and white striped machine from Rahal Letterman Lanigan. That car at the moment, I, I'm going to venture that, yeah, red flag has come out. Uh, I, I thought we would have to get somebody to take that out. And it is in the firing line as it were and it looked to be dead stick no lights on or anything on that car so the red flags have come out at exactly halfway through this session Jeremy with Dane Cameron still on top with that time of a 150.929 150.929 then the fastest lap just point zero one zero of a second away from Ryan Briscoe now, was it Ryan who put that time in, or was that Renga earlier on? I think it was Renga, wasn't it? 
Yes, it was Renga van der Zandis at that time, and uh, Felipe Nasser also within a half a, te- half a tenth of a second Unbelievable. of that quick time set by Dane Cameron. Yes, but this is a, certainly not what the BMW team, RLL team, would, would, uh, would want at this uh, stage in the game. How, how long into this session are we? are almost exactly halfway through this session, Oh, and uh, they've not got many laps yet. That's gone quickly, hasn't it? Uh, oh, he's fired it up again. Yeah, it's, it's strange, though, that they, they couldn't get that car out of the way. Because it's it's from from where that car was parked at turn five, having gone kind of straight on, but not all the way down to the exit. Uh, if he just carried on another twenty yards, he'd have been uh, in the cutoff there and out of the way. But he elected not to do that, and is now doing a three-point turn. It looks like he's going to fire it up again, and we'll drive it back to the pits. So all it, all that did was just cause a red flag, which probably wasn't terribly necessary. He won't be the most popular guy on pit lane at the moment, John. I don't think. No. Uh, the good news is though that he has got it going. What what I I suggest will have team, yes yes what I, what I will suggest has happened, and he's now got headlights and uh, etc. On, but it's not a happy BMW. It's got a ta- ah the one of the bonnet catches or the front end catches actually on the right front. It's not. Uh, fastened down properly, just as it came under the Corvette Bridge at Turn 6. I just got caught uh, a little look at that. Um, I suggest he was probably, Jeremy, getting some uh, radio communication from back in the pit, presuming that was still working when everything else was turned off, uh, to basically hit all the buttons in a particular order. Or, in fact, just hit every button until something happens. The old control-alt-delete trick. Well, yeah, I mean, you, but then again, you know, the, 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 was he just having a vape inside the car earlier on when we heard about that, that uh, talk about all the smoke coming out of the car? Defin- I don't know. I think probably not. No. <laughs> De- definitely, uh, definitely something, the, the catch on the right front uh, has just popped out. It's just, I think it's just the holding wire that has popped out from that, but there's something hanging down on the right front. Uh, so that'll have to be ha- had a look at as well. Uh, those BMWs just get, to me, just get look better and better. And the amount of detail work there are on that car, it's a pretty big car for a big coupe, very comfy car in road trim. But, for example, the rear view mirrors... The way that uh, they are fastened to the doors and the amount of care, attention and aerodynamic detail that are on the mounts for that and indeed the shape of the mirror housing themselves. Just extraordinary. Yeah, it's. I see, I see what it is. It is the pull for the, uh, to let the car down off its jacks uh, and the bit of wire from that has... Uh, come adrift on the left on the uh, right front of that car so it isn't a bonnet catch my apologies it's the wire pull that uh, you evacuate the air jack system he's back in the pit lane now so we'll be going green with around about 27 minutes to go we've lost about three minutes is all which is not too well, bad uh, no, this except the fact john we lost we lost the time that to, to get back in the pits and uh, you know well, that's true. probably it might be only three or four minutes of of, uh, of red flag time. Well, I think it's probably been a bit more than that. But in terms of loss of track time, it's probably close to 10 minutes at least, which is when you've only got an hour, that uh, is, that is not what you want. I, I do notice that uh, they, they are still carrying the... And he's going straight to the 
paddock, I think, yes. So whatever is ailing the 25 BMW has not been fixed. There's a very expensive traffic jam at pit out about to get green lights. Uh, and there are... green flag. Green flag, excuse me, thank you, shit. Uh, out they go, led by the number four Chevrolet Corvette, Tommy Milner, behind the wheel uh, of that. I do notice that both BMWs have still got the hashtag Forza Alex. That's for uh, Alex Zanardi, of course. Uh, and it, it, it didn't look to be that good a news coming out of Italy after his uh, nasty incident whilst he was in uh, one of his uh, bike races that he is now famed for and multiple Olympic champion. He might have heard that a wee while ago he uh, went outside of the course on a, a downhill left-hander, I believe, and hit a truck coming the other way. And... However, there is slightly better news coming. He was put back into intensive care for a little while, but it would appear that uh, the medics have uh, stabilised Alex Zanardi's condition and we send best wishes to him and his family and friends for a speedy recovery. And hopefully that continues to go in the right direction for Alex, a doughty competitor uh, in life as well in anything that he is racing in and all the best to him so back running again with just on 25 minutes to go and Turner Motorsport BMW still top of the list at GTD it was Bill Oberlin that put the time in Robbie Foley has taken that car out that's the white coloured car with the liquid molly colours on and they've got uh, a little bit of competition from Wright Motorsports Porsche um, also the Riley Motorsports Mercedes Corey Fergus now in the compass. McLaren doing well again. Nice to see that McLaren at the sharp end again, Jeremy. And, and again, the the variety of those cars, something for everybody to cheer down there in the top six of, of GTD. Yeah, brilliant, isn't it? And uh, it's... Uh, that, the time, I think, actually, was set by Robbie Foley. Robbie Foley. That's what's showing on my uh, scoring monitor here. Uh, Patrick Long into, in second place in GTD in the Porsche. The Mercedes, McLaren, Lexus, Acura, it's super tight, isn't it? It's, it's great to see uh, the, uh, the, the uh, variety in GTD and how competitive the cars as well. Just talking again about balance performance like we were a little while ago. A few minor tweaks in GTD. The Audi and the well, Soul Lamborghini now, which is Magnus Racing, they've both got a, a slight increase in their restrictor, so a little bit more horsepower. Uh, and therefore a little bit more fuel as well compared to everybody else. We talked about the fact everybody in GTD and GTLM has got an extra five litres of fuel compared to what they're running at Sebring, except for Lexus, which has actually come down a tick. Those cars also have been slowed down a little bit. They've got a, a slightly smaller air restrictor, should cost them somewhere in the region of eight or nine horsepower compared to what they had last time. Now, clearly, those Lexuses were very, very dominant, were yeah. they not, at each of the last two races. So just uh, other than that, you know, no, no major changes in the uh, in the BOP. Hard to say because we, I haven't been able to have a chat with the, uh, the IMSA technical team. But I would suggest, Jeremy, that part of those fuel changes for the GT cars are, are, are as much to do with the nature of road America as 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 competitive BOP are they 
Actually, not no, not necessarily for Road America. No, oh. just just more for the fact that uh, they they're getting extra. The, all of the cars got extra five liters of fuel. Not necessarily for here, but just to make sure that they, they don't have to go on fuel save mode if they want to do it on two stops, oh. um, which is which is which is sometimes an option. I mean, the the, the strategies are somewhat different, obviously in GTD, uh, because you have to do it at the minimum drive time. Weekend, but from from there to the end, if you come in at 40 minutes, you've got to make the stop at one hour, 40, and then to take you through to the to the finish at two hours 40. Yes. So just having that extra five minutes of fuel will give them a little bit more leeway. Share Adam has this uh, VP Racing fuels. Well, this is a pit report, and a pit report that those involved here will not want to be hearing about. People just a little bit too early to get out of the pits. Come on, guys, it's nice in the pit lane. Uh, yes, Jeremy was talking about the rush of track time that we lost with the red flag, and three teams in particular left their pit boxes a little bit too soon to try and get back out on track. Dane Cameron, driver of the number six, Accurate Team Penske DPI, and the other two cars, both in GTV, Ryan Hart for Wright Motorsport, and the number 57, that's Heinrich Racing with MSR, Alvaro Parent, the uh, cause of the mishap for that one. Right, okay, thank you. A little bit sharp in trying to get out of the pit lane. We've got a Corvette versus a BMW coming to the end of the lap at the moment. The Corvette concerned is Tonio Garcia. The BMW is John Edwards in the black number 24. Remember, the 25 has gone behind the wall, a teammate of John Edwards. They're up the hill now under the NTT bridge and under the start-finish line. And... BMW pulls out to the right-hand side, getting a decent tow, even from that svelte, uh, bright yellow Corvette. They're side-by-side at the breaking area for turn one. Guys, this is free practice one, and Garcia backs right out of it, finally. A little bit of debris on the track there, down towards the Briggs and Stratton uh, advertising bridge there. Uh, Just while we're in these early stages, send best wishes as well to Jim Pace who was involved in a very, very nasty-looking accident in his shadow Can-Am car at Road America last weekend in the Classic meeting when uh, either the bodywork shook off or uh, something went wrong, but the the car went up in the air. He just got he got tucked up underneath uh, another default. It's not his car, by the way. He'd love it from. Sorry, he was car. driving it. Uh, yes, indeed. He was driving it. Yeah, I know. It was one of those classic things that from the old Can-Ams back in the sixties uh, and seventies, he get up too close behind someone, and the front end just took off on him. Just did a complete black backflip, if you saw that. But uh, Jim was able to walk away. I mean, extraordinarily, car not so much. But yeah, that was a very very scary moment. Yeah, that was great com- guy and. Good to see, you know, fabulous to see he wasn't hurt. Yeah, that was coming up the hill to uh, the start-finish line. And uh, that would have been a DN4 then, Jeremy, was it? That uh, Correct. Yeah, was. thought so. And I think he was following a similar car, wasn't he? He was, yeah. Oh, and a big off for the Sentinel Spine prototype. That's the Tangerine and White car. And he's hit the concrete barrier quite hard trying to work out where that is that coming out of turn five heading up the hill John, yes yes he's not having a good day good day camera I, I actually chatted with um 
Brent O'Neill, it's a, a replay of what yeah. happened. He just got on the power a bit too hard and around the car went and he wasn't able to hang on to it. That was a bit unfortunate. Cameron's not having a good day. I spoke to Brent O'Neill, the team principal there at Performance Tech Motorsports uh, just before this session and after qualifying because Cameron was qualifying the uh, prototype challenge car for tomorrow's race, which, which you'll be able to listen to here. Uh, but he had a poor qualifying. He qualified right at the back of the I pack. I saw and, that, yeah. And uh, Brett said, he, I said, what's, what's the problem? Did he have a problem? No, just having a bad day. Well, his, his, his day has now gone from bad to worse, unfortunately. Yeah, very odd one, that. This is the number 38 Performance Tech Orica LMP2 for Cameron Castles. As I say, the white and uh, orange-coloured car. He was well through the corner as well. And the... This is turn five again, claiming another victim. But on the exit of turn five, there is a rumble strip on driver's right that you do get onto, and that seems to have maybe slightly unsettled the back end of that car and just spat him across to the left-hand side. The net result of that is he was so far through the corner. It certainly wasn't all the way over to the right-hand side when he turned in. But the net result is it happened so late in the corner, Jeremy, that when he does get speared across to the left-hand side of the circuit, he's hit an unprotected piece of concrete retaining wall and shifted those blocks back a few inches. But that's not not the place, to be honest, that you would expect a car. I'm, I'm laughing. I, sh- I shouldn't really, but um, it looks as though Cameron's all right in the car. But but it's not the place you would expect a car to have a hit. Well, yes and no. I mean, you, you just look at the tire marks down at that part of the racetrack, uh, and there's plenty of tire marks there. And I, yeah, I've been coming to Road America for, for many, many years, and I'm always surprised how close that barrier on the left-hand side of the racetrack is to the racetrack. I mean, there's lots of grass over there uh, to, to the left-hand side of the racetrack. Uh, you could easily move that bar- you know, the, the, the concrete barrier back, back another 10 or 15 yards quite frankly and not impinge on any of the spectator areas um, and uh, unfortunately that's uh, it's bitten Cameron's car uh, and caused uh, hopefully not too bad but much damage it can't be that bad because he's actually driving it back but I'm sure he's not a happy camper yeah good point uh, there is a, a way back into the paddock at turn five uh, and he's taken that option to get back into the paddock quickly uh, I think Cameron had just got in the, the car hadn't he he had. I actually just saw a tweet from Performance Tech saying Cameron Castles takes over from town hero James French. So it was indeed his outlap and his first time going through turn five in the LMP2 car this year. So if you're at Road America at the moment listening to us, uh, this is IMSA Radio. It's Shea Adam, uh, Jeremy Short and me, John Hindorf. Lovely to have your company in the sunshine at America's National Park of Speed. And if you want to get in touch with us, it's at IMSA Radio. Jeremy has a little more uh, on what we've uh, just seen from the performance tech car. Well, just the fact that uh, that James French is driving the car this weekend. Generally, it's it's Kyle Masson who shares that number 38 car for the season. That was certainly the plan coming into the season. But um, with uh, with uh, Dr. Masson, Dr. Robert Masson, the car's father, opening up a new uh, spine centre in, in Utah uh, and the associated intricacies of that, uh, Kyle's not going to be driving here and the, he, the decision was made fairly late, certainly with the last couple of weeks. And James French has driven 
had a lot of success at this track before. He's his local, the local driver across from Sheboygan, Wisconsin, driven all sorts of cars around here. So that gave him the opportunity to hop back in the car this weekend. But for Cameron, he had a, an un, uncharacteristic mistake there for him. So hopefully the damage is not too bad and they get that car out again, maybe even before the end of this session. 15 minutes to go when the green flags went out again at the end of the pit lane. This is free practice one for the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship racing on Sunday and relatively early on Sunday as well. It is on Network NBC if you're in the US. If you're further afield and your territory does not have a network television deal, uh, then you can follow us on IMSA.TV as well as IMSA Radio, of course. Uh, and if you're out and about and not able to look at pictures, uh, RS2 is IMSA Radio. And we're on XM Sirius as well over the weekend. Sirius 219 XM 202. So let's see if we have a little dash at the end, a little time attack session. 77 is out. Ollie Jarvis bolted into that he is a plug and play performance enhancement device and anything that he drives that car resplendent in its white red uh, white and red livery looking very mean indeed the uh, central stripe down the front end of the car does seem to visually lower that car indeed uh, and Shea Adam, this is uh, his Ollie Jarvis's first lap to see you for a little while. Since the end of the race last year. And if you just want a little bit of a refresher, if you have 20 minutes to spare tonight and you maybe just want to remember what happened last year, go back and watch. Ollie Jarvis set the fastest lap of the race in the closing laps, trying desperately to get on terms with Juan Montoya in the Acura. Traffic ultimately played the part in him finishing third, but he really wanted to get up there and make it another one-two for Mazda. It would have been their third consecutive one. That was the summer of Mazda. Spoiler alert, by the way, for sure. Thank you. Uh, hello to Paul Marcotte. I mentioned <laughs> that I thought Paul was at the track. He's just sent us through a note at Imza Media. He says, boy, oh boy, do the cats sound good today. I presume that was a typo and you, and you meant to type cards. But I'm sure the cats sound fine as well, Paul, as well, to be honest. <laughs> uh, I, thank you, Shea. Uh, at IMSA Radio, if you want to get in touch with us, that's where we are for the whole of the weekend, inside the last 12 minutes or so. Ollie Jarvis, by the, mo by the way, at the moment, is the second best at Mazda. Fifth position, teammate Jonathan Bomarito just got out in the 55. That's the dark, soul red, crystal-coloured car in fourth. Just under four tenths away from the fastest time. But as Jeremy Shaw was saying earlier on, the top three are separated by not a third of a second, but a third of a tenth of a second. First down to third, three cars, 0.043 of a second. It's just extraordinary. And remember, this is just over four miles around. So that really is the blink of an eye. That would be a blanket finish. As, John, uh, as Juan Montoya has now jumped into the car that did have the fastest time, has got the fastest time, Ryan Briscoe in the glossy black number 10 Cadillac, and Pepo Durrani has now been installed in the red and white wheel. And so second drivers for each of those top three cars, Jeremy. 
Yeah, indeed. All, all of those times set at relatively early in the session on laps or four, five or six, they now competed, well, 10 for Montoya's car, 15 for the Cadillac number 10 and a dozen for the number 31 car. But the, all of those lap times, 150.9 something, that's already a couple of tenths underneath Oliver Jarvis' race lap record from last year. Wow. Which is pretty remarkable, isn't it, for the first session here? Yeah, I just think it just shows you know, the, the track's nice and clean because we've had uh, other series running all the way all, all the way through the day, uh, but also you know track conditions right now. It's just beautiful out there, absolutely gorgeous. Roman De Angelis about to emerge from the pits in the 23. Aston Martin, the heart of race machine. Ian James brought that car in in GTD. The Aston at the moment uh, sitting in 11th uh, out of 13 at the moment. Uh, that possibly it might be. Uh, position off there because I still haven't got any teams for Aaron Tealitz in the in Vassar Sullivan Lexus but uh, that is uh, that is a transponder issue uh, we know let's go to Shea Adam for a little more news on what's been happening in the pit and paddock well, you did mention that Ian James had gotten out of the 23 Heart of Racing Aston Martin. He normally drives with them for the endurance races, but he is filling in for the full-season co-driver Alex Riveras, who, as I mentioned in the Sebring broadcast, for those of you who were listening to that, Alex was stuck in New Zealand or off the coast of New Zealand. He's still there. Uh, part of the issue is that they've decided as a thank you for being in New Zealand for such a long time, he and his team owner, Gabe Newell, who also is there with him, they're going to celebrate by having a party for New Zealand, a giant concert, in effect. You can find out more about that online if you are in New Zealand. There's a lot of information to be found. But it means that Alex not driving this weekend, Roman DeAngelis driving with his manager and endurance co-driver Ian James. We welcome Ian back to the series. Team manager, isn't he here in yes, the he art racing yeah. team these yeah. days? Plenty of experience that, that, there, mind that, you. That, yeah, exactly. Well, that's and that's the only all silver driver pairing in the uh, in the in the entire uh, GTD category, which is rather interesting. Yes, uh, you, you're not allowed to have two uh, drivers who are gold or platinum. You've got to have a silver or a bronze uh, in the car. Yes. Uh, there's not any differences in terms of BOP or pit stop times as there are in some other series, but it, the GT Daytona category is seen as a pro-am. Um, Till Bechtelsheimer and uh, Mark Miller, they are both uh, am drivers. That's a silver and a bronze, or a bronze and a silver there. And uh, Rob Furriol and Spencer Pumpelli, is that a silver and a bronze as well? I think it is. Yeah, most most of them are silver and, and quite a few of them are silver and bronze. Yeah, and, and two these guys are two silvers, as Jeremy yeah. says, which is uh, uh, I think you, that was that is the only pairing, Jeremy. Did you say there? Yes, yeah, the is, only all silver. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. Not not relevant to anything. Just well, no, it, it's just interesting that that you've got the, those choices with IMSA. Uh, it you know y- you. There are some series where you have to have a bronze or you can't have. Uh, different pairings um, and I think it just gives the opportunity for, for people to drive with people they like driving with to be honest and build, I agree. Up, and build up a bit yeah. of a, a rapport and it's so important isn't it in, in any form of endurance racing yeah it's fun isn't it I mean, yeah, there's only there's only three platinum rated drivers the top ranking of drivers in, in, in GTD there's Tony V. Lander who had a birthday 
this week, last week, didn't he? Uh, also, uh, Alvaro Parent and uh, Patrick Long that had also had a birthday this week. So uh, they're the um, a couple of days ago. So they're the only platinum drivers in the GTD category. Just looking at the times, Juan Montoya getting up to pace, but looks like he's on a longer run. 53-9 last time around. Ryan Briscoe, 55-6. There's quite a bit of traffic out there. 52-6 for Pete Dorani. 53 flat for Jonathan Bomarito. That's in the order I mentioned them. Acura Team Penske, number six. The Koninkamanolta Cadillac, number 10, which is just coming into the pits for Ryan Briscoe. Pipo is in the 31 wheel and red and white Cadillac and Jonathan Bomarino in the dark red metallic Mazda number 55. Ollie Jarvis already back in the pits. Uh, Sebastian Bordier is aboard the Mustang sampling Cadillac number 5 in 6th position. Still getting up to speed and cutting his way through traffic. LMP2, it's that man Patrick Kelly again. Uh, well, the PR1 Matheson Motorsport team will be delighted with how things have been going, a win is a win at Sebring and their car tops the times again, albeit Jeremy only by a tenth of a second. Yeah it was Simon Trummer who set that uh, that time 153.381 for that uh, number 52 car the winner at uh, at Sebring and in second place is the Dragon Speed car, it was showing that Henrik Hedman set the uh, 153.5 early on, uh, I fancy that was Ben Hanley at the wheel of the, of the car at that stage, uh, in third position in the class is the number 18. That's the era motorsport entry. It was Carl Tilly who set that time and won 54.3. So all, all th- those three cars within a within one second. And then the, the fourth car in the category, that's the car currently behind the wall, the number 38 former segments of Port Oregon, the 156.1. That was Jeremy Shaw. He's alongside me, John Hindoff in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre. I use the word alongside advisedly. We are somewhat socially uh, distanced nowadays. Share Adam it is our VP Racing Fuel Pit and Paddock uh, reporter. And thanks as ever to all the teams, PR and media personnel for feeding information through to share. Some of them at the track, most of them, however, not. So doing their job remotely, but still managing to make sure we get all of the relevant information from trackside not allowed to mingle in the paddock with the teams which I know is a little bit of a difference a huge difference actually for those of you at the track normally a very open policy at IMSA but in these unusual times that has had to be put to one side affecting everybody's uh, enjoyment just a little bit but isn't it great to see and hear cars on the track the team still not allowed to have the public relations and major personnels inside the track as it stands at the moment everything always being looked at everything under review and that may well change before the end of the season but it doesn't stop the very hard-working professionals of the IMSA product are still doing their job ladies and gentlemen thank you very much indeed we salute you for all the hard work you've been doing as we do to our track workers as well here at Road America and around the world on another busy motorsports weekend with uh, a crowdless Silverstone Formula One race going on bizarrely right in the centre of England temperatures up almost into triple digits 
Fahrenheit today, well into the low to mid 30s Celsius. Uh, we've got uh, Nurburgring Endurance Series tomorrow. Peter Snowden and Bruce Jones taking you through that over on RS1. Uh, and we have that in sound and vision for you as well. And of course, all of the action from here at Road America on RS2 IMSA Radio. Much of it in sound and vision as well with not only the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship but with the Challenge Series from the Michelin Pilot Challenge, the IMSA Prototype Challenge and of course two Porsche GT3 Cup America Challenge races as well. Shea Adam has some better news for Cameron Castles and the Performance Tech team. With about two and a half minutes to go in this session, James French has brought the 38 Performance Tech Orca out from behind the wall. So this will just be a little bit of a shakedown for them. Try and get one, maybe two laps to make sure that everything is good before they pack the baby up and send her to bed. Yeah, after that little clink on the wall earlier on, it's a bit more than a love tap, to be honest. But the car seemed to drive fairly straight under its own power back to the paddock. Cameron I'm sure a little chastened, not having one of his better days at the office today, but he'll give himself a stiff talking to, I'm sure. He's a decent little steerer, as my um, Australian friends would say. And it's just a question of getting his head right and, as I say, maybe having a little talking to himself. He hasn't forgotten how to drive. That just doesn't happen. But sometimes you have a bad day and it takes a wee while for you to shake it off. Jeremy Shaw's looking at the lap times and we have a new fastest lap at the top of the uh, timing and scoring screen. The car that had been trailing the field in DPI all the way through the session until the last couple of minutes is the number seven Acura Team Penske. Uh, Ricky Taylor at the wheel of that car now. He's just gone from last to first, quite literally, with a 150.654. So that's a couple and a half tenths of a second quicker than the sister car of Dane Cameron early on, Montoya driving that car at the moment. Then the two Cadillacs of the number 10 and number 31. Then the two Mazdas, number 55 and 77, still in that order. No, No improvements there from any of those contenders in the last... Well, half an hour or more, actually. Probably no. 40 minutes. Yeah, it, it, Time ticker over inside the final minute, John. That's cool. Yeah, time flies when you're enjoying yourself. Time on track at a premium this weekend with a lot going on as it looks like... Now, is that Ricky Taylor just heading behind the wall there? Or is he coming back out? No, he's coming back out in that number seven car. He won't get a flying lap because the chequered flag will be being waved over the start finish line around about now and so you're allowed to finish the lap that you're on but then after that once you've gone through the chequered flag you have to come back into the pit lane that does mean however that Pete Wojerani can finish the lap that he's on at the moment he's down at turn five and right in behind him is Ryan Briscoe it was Henrik Hedman who saw the chequered flag first in the Dragon Speed number 81 Orica the LMP2 car uh, new nose on the front of the 38. How do I know that? Uh, because it hasn't got the livery on it yet. It's a uh, rather fetching shade of matte black uh, for that number 38 performance tech car. James French giving that car a run round, as Shane mentioned, after Cameron Castles had his moment with the concrete. Concrete one, uh, Orica nil uh, at the moment, at least, and, and likely to stay that way, I would think. 
in GT Daytona. Robbie Foley's Turner Motorsport BMW has the fastest time. I think that was Bill Oberland's time uh, from earlier, 206.8. They've been in the pits for a wee while. Then Ryan Hardwick has just gone through for right. And Gar Robinson for 74 Riley Mercedes AMG GT3 Corey Fergus for Compass Frankie Monte Calvo the best of the Lexus then Matt McMurray for Mayshank Racing Mayshank Racing in the best of the Acuras with Gradient and Till Bechtelsheim I think Till Bechtelsheim has been out for that whole session I don't think I saw Mark Miller's name on that wow Jeremy Shaw LMP2 what a lap for a quote-unquote installation, checking things and pointing in the right direction by James French. Not bad at all. 154.5, big improvement on uh, what had been set previously in that car. As you say, just the outlap, effectively. So, yeah, that's uh, good data uh, gained there from James French. Of course, he knows this track like the back of his hand. He was the pole sitter here uh, last year. Also set the fastest lap of the race during the... Uh, the LMP2 category one year ago and also was on the pole here in 16 and 17 so you know he 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 knows his way around here it didn't take him long to get up to speed but the good news is clearly the car uh, suffered no major ill effects from that earlier off yes that is a very good point uh, we haven't mentioned GT Le Mans it's Porsche 911 from Porsche 912 Makovecki and uh, Earl Bamba got in that car towards the end I think Fred did the, the bulk if not all of that session his time a 2.01.492 to leave himself uh, ran about a tenth ahead of his teammate third for the number 24 BMW so a little improvement there for the black BMW towards the end with John Edwards for team RLL but nearly a second away from the Porsches but a tenth and a half ahead of Tommy Milner who's about half a second away from Tonio Garcia problems for Conor de Filippi in the 25 car that car went behind the wall early cars just coming back through to the pit lane now Jeremy Shaw some final thoughts from what we've seen yeah in just it's, it's interesting to me that very few cars actually improved in, a, in the uh, end towards the end of that session I think we we're just concentrating on on getting ready for, for for the race on Sunday rather than looking for pace I mean the only cars that improved in the last phew, 40 minutes probably are the the Ricky Taylor car out which is fastest of all uh, Simon Trummer and James French in the two uh, P2 cars uh, and Tommy Milner who jumped up into fourth position in GTLM in the number uh, four Corvette just a few minutes ago uh, that time by Jesse Cronin actually in, in the, the number 24 BMW that was set very early on as well so interesting that uh, you know, no one's very few cars out there at the end looking for, looking for real pace and they're just concentrating on getting ready for Sunday yes and I wonder if they may be saving some tyres as well because it was pretty warm out there in terms of track temperature uh, early on uh, in in the weekend uh, and they probably want to keep their powder dry as well uh, as uh, we'll have a quick word from Shea Adam and one or two little whoopsies there uh, the big worry for me, Shea, would be that BMW, the Conor de Filippi car, going behind the world quite early after what clearly seemed to be some kind of electrical issue, smoke from the interior of the car, car went back out and then had to go behind the wall. 
Yeah, that's my biggest concern right now, too, since we got that little bit of a breath of fresh air seeing the three performance tech back out on track. But for the BMW, it did not reappear. We do know that the sister car has speed, and the BMW, with their BOP changes, will be happy to see John Edwards up in third position, not happy to be behind two Porsches. But it's still a concern. I did text Connor after he drove behind the wall, thinking that he would perhaps go back to the pit lane and grab his phone. He never did respond, Mm. so I'm wondering if they were still working on the car, trying to get it back out for the end of the session and just ran out of time. That's Shea Adam, our VP Racing Fuel Pit and Paddock reporter. Jeremy Shaw was with me, John Hindorf, in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre. Uh, big thanks to Tyler Norling and all the crew, uh, as always, for our assistance from our IMSA technical crew at Road America. Also to Alex and the team up at NASCAR Productions in Charlotte that uh, allowed us to see all the way around the track for that one-hour free practice one session. It was Kez Cobb who was getting us to the world as our producer up in London and, as ever, the responsible adult was everywhere. Thanks for joining us on IMSA Radio RS2. We'll have more coverage from the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship from Road America across the weekend. From now, from, for, for now, from us all, it's bye-bye. This program is a production of IMSA and Radio Show Limited. For more, visit RadioLeMond.com.